On this episode of the iFilmmaker podcast, is shooting 1080p in 2021 still going to be a thing? And how to upgrade your equipment as a beginner. Welcome back to another episode of the iFilmmaker podcast. My name is Ariel Martinez. Today we have a good one. Uh, Mr. Chris Martel, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Ariel. Doing good. You asked me a question earlier today, and I thought it'd be a good idea to turn it into an episode. So I was thinking of buying a camera, and my question to you was, do I absolutely need 4K in 2021? Right, and that is a good question. Um, I still today deliver 1080p. For the most part, my clients are requesting 1080p. Um, delivery, even footage, raw footage in 1080p. But it's always, I think it's absolutely necessary to uh, have a 4K option. I think that it's relatively vital. Does that mean that you can't start a business if you don't have the 4K option? No, absolutely not. You can still start a business. You can still do work and your clients will hire you according to the work that you produce. With, yeah, I mean, so with Sony's A7C, that camera is phenomenal. I mean, they basically took a Sony A7 III and put it into the body of a Sony A6500 or A6600. It's a very, very small camera, full frame and all that. But it's still a little pricey in terms of beginning budget cameras. Uh, there are a bunch of other options right now. You can get a really good camera, the Sony a6000. Uh, it's a 1080p only camera that what 300 bucks, 400 bucks maybe. Uh, and you can still produce good work with it. It really depends on what the client's requesting more and more. I'm, you know, you're getting requests for 4k video. Yeah. It, in my experience, I think it's always good to have the option, but most of the time your clients still today, they won't require a 4k delivery sometimes, but it's good to have the option. Um, what cameras were you considering? Did you have any in the, I mean, the a7s3, uh, let's see the black magic 4k. Let's start with this. What do you need the camera for? I would say primarily um, freelance commercial work. So what would you recommend for that? So anytime anyone's getting a camera for starting a business, anything, uh, if it's something that you want to just dabble into, I would highly recommend a camera that's versatile. So a camera that can do basically everything. The only cameras that come to mind is, you know, Canon and Sony. Um, I think that, you know, Fujifilm also has some good options and Panasonic has some good options as well. You know, I would not recommend any of the black magic cameras for the sole purpose of that they're not as versatile you know those cameras um, they're made they're production cameras they require light so they're not really running gun type of cameras at least they're not meant to be i recommend go with something that's much more versatile at least a flip out screen and different recording formats that could be small and big or even have an adapter that can take good audio and things like that so um, autofocus for me today now is a must, uh, about a year ago, I wouldn't have said that a year ago. I was very much comfortable in my manual focus world, 
Uh, but now Sony has completely just spoiled me. Another reason for going with those cameras that I had mentioned is you could take stills too. Oftentimes my clients still ask, Hey, while you're shooting that, can you take some stills? Now I don't promote photography though. I don't. And I, I really don't want to, I'm not interested in it. But if my client asking me for stills, you know, if that's a good way of locking in that sale, I'll say yes, but I won't, you know, I'll make sure that their expectations are not as high. I'll make sure that they're not expecting any incredibly professional style pictures. You know, you'll just get stills. They're okay for social media or whatnot. And they'll be very, very candid. And that's, that's pretty much where I'm at with that, that mirrorless cameras are very versatile. You know, what research have you done with regards to buying your camera? And what have you found? So I don't want anything with a crop factor on it just because with all the math that you have to do with lenses and stuff like that, I don't really want to deal with any of that. You know, I never um, do math ever. Really? Even these cameras that I've had now for several months, three, four months now, I've, those are my full first full frame cameras. And before that it was super 35 and APS-C, but I've never done the math. I don't know what crop factors are what I just look at it, look at it. If I like the image, I use it. I, I don't could care less about crop factors. I don't know why that's such a big deal. You know, um, if the lens works with that camera, then I use it. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, obviously I look out for vignetting if it's, um, now I have to more than ever, I just have to use full frame glass. I get it. But if it gives me the image that I need, I don't care if it's cropped by, I don't know how much, you know, um, if I need a wide shot, I use a wide lens. <laughs> That's as simple as that. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So that, I, you know, I, I, that I don't want to deal with, I guess I, I guess I was thinking about crop factor because I guess that's the way that we were taught in film school, you know, sometimes you got to do the math and mainly that's more for narrative work. So mm -hmm. I can understand in for, you know, for commercial work, you don't really need to think about that. Like you said, slap the lens on if it looks good, you, right. know, you go with that. Another thing I was looking at is like, um, kind of like what you just talked about versatility, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want nothing too heavy, Sure. something that I can throw together, you know, build out real quick mm -hmm. and get running and gunning and get shooting. I mean, you see how I put away my a seven S three, it stays in my backpack and the top handle is detachable with the NATO rail. Everything is very, very versatile. Everything is what, what do I say all the time? Efficient. <laughs> <laughs> That's so I look for efficiency in my workflow, anything that gets in my way, it's probably not going to be used by me. I need to work the way that I need to work. And, um, I need to have the tools that allows me to do that. So I feel that the black magic cameras, there's so much modification that I have to do to that camera to get it to, to work the way that I need to work, that it's just not efficient for me. You know, I have to attach the SSD. I have to attach a side handle. I have to attach, uh, uh, base plate so that I can then attach the V-mount battery so that the camera won't die on me in 20 minutes. You know, um, I need to attach an external monitor because that monitor is fixed on the, on the body. Like it's just way too many things to do to get it to work. And sometimes there have been times and even on our most recent shoot where I've, I've had to, uh, be set up in 20 minutes of me getting there. And that camera is not going to let me do that. You know? 
So that's those are the things that I consider. Um, so versatility is very important. So to me, the, the the cameras that stick out and forgive me, I'm not like fully, I'm not fully ensconced in all the releases on every moment, but I know that right now on the market, A7S III for video is the best camera right now, hands down. There is no camera that comes close. Um, people will argue that the, the Canon R5 is better, but no, because that camera is unreliable. You know, that I cannot get the best quality out of that camera without fear of it overheating on me and shutting down. I could never work that way. I could never recommend a cam anybody for that uh, to use that camera. Um, and so for that, re you know, if you want that camera to work without overheating, you have to go down to a much lower quality that doesn't even compete with the A7S III. So that's that's already irrelevant. It's not a good um, it's not a good argument for that camera at all. You could probably make an argument for uh, Fujifilm, maybe XT4. That's a good camera. Uh, Panasonic is doing some good stuff too. Autofocus is not there at all. So in terms of giving you everything, everything, Sony A7S III is, the, is like hands down the best camera right now on the market. Um, and the cool thing is that you have the option of going external for even, you, you know, the 16-bit out. Nothing can record that right now as of recording this podcast, but uh, it's a good option that you're going to have later. So you could just add a Ninja V to that bad boy and you have a solid, solid raw output there. So um, there's more versatility there. It doesn't have a record limit, which is fantastic. You got 4K, 120 frames per second. That looks really good. Camera's pretty awesome. Camera's pretty awesome. So I think for anything and everything, the A7S III is the way to go. Really. It really, really is. Um, so that's the the reason that I highly recommend that camera to go with. So what kind of gear do you have now that you're considering to upgrade to in terms of lighting and audio? So right now I just have two uh, small LED panels right now. I definitely want to get either more of those or definitely upgrade to better lighting. Um, ones preferably that you can plug in because the ones I have now are battery powered, but you always have to switch batteries, which is good for, you know, if the, you're at an area where you don't need, you know, where there is no sockets or anything like that and you, you know, you can put the batteries in, but I definitely want to get um, bigger, better lights just uh, for that. And then for audio, Right now, I just have the Rode Video Micro, which is good for, like, YouTubing and stuff like that. Surprisingly, though, I have used it on some narrative work, and to my surprise, it's done pretty – a lot better than I thought it would. But I definitely want a better shotgun mic. Do you have a camera right now? Yes. I have two cameras. I have a Canon T5i and a Canon T5. Now, I can't remember. Is the T5i – a regular Canon mount where it takes Canon glass? Yeah, it's an EF mount. Yeah. Canon EF. Yeah, okay, Canon so EF that's mount, standard. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, does it have a flat profile? You have to get a, th a third party. They don't have C-Log. So you'd have to get like CineStyle if you want to do that. What I would recommend you to do is maybe you can... And what, what, what kind of glass do you have? Just the standard Canon... Just standard Canon glass. I have the kit lens. I have a 55 to 250. And I also have some older, like, vintage glass. 
Um, some Minolta lenses, actually. What I would recommend that you do is you sell all that, right? And get one good camera. One, put it this way, one decent camera, right? I still think that the A6300 is a really good, decent camera, right? You got 4K, you got 1080 in there. You got S-Log3 if you need to. You got S-Log2 if you need to. Gives you everything you need in terms of image. And maybe get yourself something like a Zoom H4n. Um, the reason why I say don't get, maybe not get a such an expensive camera, because you might want to use some of your budget on the other aspects of your business and gear arsenal. Get something along that range. Get yourself maybe the 2470 uh, Sigma Art Glass, right? So you have a 2.8 with some decent range and the zoom H4N for some good audio that you can get. And then maybe up, upgrade your lights to some, a couple of good light panels. You know, uh, aperture just came out with their fantastic, really, really attractive. Those new, what are they called? Uh, 100 D and 200 D. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's correct. Yeah. So those look very attractive. The Amaran. Yeah. Yeah. So those look very attractive and very affordable too, like incredibly affordable, surprisingly affordable. So uh, those are some good options there. So I would recommend that you build laying down a, a better base. Like it doesn't make sense for you to go out and get an A7S three, right? And blow your budget on that and not, you know, not have good audio and not have good lighting. I would highly recommend that you improve your gear evenly. You could still do fantastic work with that camera, even with the cameras that you have now. What you want to see be done is not only improve, be able to offer the 4K, but to be able to offer the flat profiles if things need to be colored a little bit or to get a slightly more cinematic look rather than the natural, you know, contrasted, saturated at 100% level that the camera gives you. But, um, so you can be able to have a little bit of flexibility and in, in, in dynamic range with your camera um, and have good audio and have good lighting. Right. And so in terms of microphone for two hundred dollars, get, you know, a lavalier, the Rode wireless go that I think that's a pretty uh, um, affordable wireless kit or get the Sennheiser. They have their version of the wireless go. Either one of those will work. Either one of those. Um, <clears throat> maybe the Rode Wireless Go is a little bit more um, more bang for your buck in terms of the unit itself has a built-in microphone. So you don't have to have a lavalier to come with it. But I think that the Sennheiser one comes with a lavalier. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But you have affordable options. So I think with a good, say, uh, $2,000 budget, let's say, right? You could get solid equipment, get the a6300, get yourself the Zoom H4n, get one or two of those uh, Aperture Amaran lights, the 100Ds, get uh, the, did I say the wireless go already? Yes. In this one list? <laughs> so well, add that to the list. Yeah. I think with $2,000, you could, you could get yourself a very, very good starter kit. For sure. Oh, the uh, the lens. Get a general lens. Get something. I don't know, five six hundred bucks. All of that fits within that budget. 
and you could really build yourself a very solid filmmaking kit like to start off gear everything so i think that that would be a good route to take in terms of starting and that's a that's me assuming that your budget is two thousand dollars what is your budget by the way uh i'd say three to five thousand holy cow dude (laughs) so maybe you could maybe you could if it's that i would maybe upgrade to the a 7c it's it's, i think it's eighteen hundred dollars yes that's correct yeah so it's a full frame glass now you got 4k now you got better images better everything better autofocus really really good autofocus get everything else i mentioned before but add the addition of a better glass maybe get a 50 millimeter prime some nice uh shallow depth or what you could do is get two maybe not a7c's but maybe you can get two a6400s or a6500s get two of those something that's equivalent to about 500 bucks um that way you can you know oftentimes my clients ask me for two camera shoots you'll be equipped for that you know um it's good to have options like that it's good to be able to offer your clients everything that they're asking for and then some you know um and that's usually my approach which is why i usually just buy stuff that i that i get requested for instead of renting i just buy it sometimes i buy prematurely before all the demand comes in and that's i think that's my own thing that's like a a bad thing that i do it's a bad habit but i i think that being prepared for everything that your client might ask you for is really really attractive you know for potential clients and not only that having the experience of using all that stuff so uh, i think that that's that's a really really good option to to have that but i think that does it for this episode of the iFilmmaker podcast thank you all for listening here and i appreciate your polite constructive criticism we'll see you on the next episode later <laughs>